Welcome to Dwight Explains the Bible. For those of you who have already heard some of my podcasts, I've deleted everything and I'm starting over um, because I've learned so much more. I have so much more knowledge, so much more insights and perspectives. I've talked to so many more people. I've listened to so many more lectures and debates that I think I can give a more comprehensive guide through the Bible at this point. Um, You can also find my YouTube channel, um, Satan is the Good Guy. I go over a few concepts and I'll be going over that here as well. So I'll start off here with my basic mission statement that I tell everybody and then we'll get into the nitty gritty details. So the God of the Bible is a baby killer who asks his followers to kill babies and he approves of slavery and orders his people to rape little girls and Jesus is not the Messiah because he did not fulfill the messianic prophecies. So going through that real quick, God is a baby killer. We look to stories such as the flood, the plagues of Egypt, Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, He orders his people to kill babies. Um, Numbers 31, uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel 15, Deuteronomy 21. Um, He approves of slavery. Uh, He tells you where you can buy your slaves from, um, how long you can keep them. Um, You can trick your slaves into being slaves for life. Um, You can buy a female slave for yourself or for your son. Um, They must not go out as the male slaves do. They must stay in and please their master. You can beat your slaves as long as they survive by the end of the second day. The New Testament says in two different places, slaves obey your masters, even the cruel ones. It does not say don't own slaves. Every time God speaks about slavery, he's giving you orders on how to do it, not on how not to do it. And God orders his people to rape little girls. Numbers 31, kill them all, save the virgin daughters for yourselves. They are the spoils of war. We'll get into that a little bit later. Jesus is not the Messiah. The Messiah was supposed to bring peace to Israel. That has never happened. The Messiah is supposed to be a great leader, a great uh, king. Uh, Jesus was a traveling prophet. Um, And Jesus was supposed to come from the bloodline of David. There's no... David bloodline in Jesus. There's two genealogies for Joseph. Those two genealogies don't match and it's irrelevant because Joseph didn't put any DNA into Jesus. So now let's get into it. Let's start at the beginning of the Bible. Um, The Bible is compiled of two main parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament, or the Hebrew Bible, also known as the Torah and the Tanakh. The Torah is the first five books, or the Pentateuch, which is also called the Books of Moses. And we start in Genesis, with the creation. 
We all know the creation story. God created the heavens and the earth. Then God created Adam. And then God says it's not good for man to be alone. So God created beast. God created all the animals. And then later God created Eve. Well, this all comes from chapter 2. Let's start in chapter 1. God created the heavens and the earth. Then he created the beasts. Then he created man and woman at the same time. So chapters 1 and 2 conflict with each other. So if the Bible is God's literal truth, then literally which chapter is correct and which one is literally not correct? Whichever one you think is literal truth is fine because we're going to start with Adam and Eve both being there. And we look at the perfect garden. God created this garden, which many refer to as heaven on earth. Everything about the garden is perfect. There are two special trees in this garden. There's the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and there's the tree of life. God orders Adam to not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The Bible doesn't say anything about Eve ever getting those instructions. But Eve goes to the tree and is tempted by the serpent. The Bible calls this a serpent or sometimes a snake, but it never once calls it Satan. The serpent is only called Satan by people who follow the New Testament. They've changed the story of the Old Testament. There will be many times as I'm going through this where the original stories don't match what the church says today. So the Jews or the Israelites are God's chosen people. God speaks to them all the time. They write down his stories, his commandments, and then the Christians come along with the New Testament and say, oh, no, no, no. They didn't mean that. They meant this. It's like if I wrote a diary saying I went to the store and I saw this pretty girl, and then you picked up my diary and said, oh, he wanted to marry her and have a hundred kids. Will you change my story? That's not how it works. I wrote it down. I know what I meant by it. It's my story. So in the same, same way, the Jews have their own story and the church with the New Testament changes their story. The original story says that in the tree there was a serpent. And this serpent, who is the most cunning creature, tempted Eve to eat from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Jews added this story to the Bible not for a literal story, but rather to serve as a parable to show how humans have the ability to make decisions and some of them are good, some of them are bad. But they never meant for this to be literal. It was just a story. The name Adam comes from the Hebrew Adam, which means of the earth. Eve was never named Eve in that story. She was just named the woman. And we know this is just a story 
because this takes so many elements from earlier stories in history. There's the story of Gilgamesh trying to find the secret to immortality and when he discovers that the the way to get immortality is to actually get this plant that lives at the bottom of the sea. It's called the plant of immortality. So he has to swim down to the bottom of the sea to get this plant. And he comes back up and by the time he makes it to the shore, he's exhausted. So he lays down, he's got the plant laying next to him and he takes a nap. And while he's napping, a snake comes up and takes the plant of life away from him. So in the story of Adam and Eve, we've got a tree of life from the plant of life. We've got a, a serpent doing something mischievous. And there's also elements, anytime there's a tree and a woman, it represents a whole bunch of things, life and fertility and all these different goddesses and everything you can think of. It's definitely a story that they put together just to explain the fact that you have a decision to make. So after Eve ate from the fruit, she gave it to Adam and convinced him to also eat from the fruit. Then they both became ashamed of their nakedness, they were hiding from God, yada yada yada. And this is how we get the sin of Adam, or original sin. But the problem is, original sin isn't in the Bible. Original sin wasn't created until, I believe, 400 CE, or Common Era. And it was uh, invented by a priest or a bishop, Augustine who wanted to have some sort of an answer for why he was always thinking bad thoughts. So nowhere in the Bible does it say we have original sin. That is just a teaching of the church. So looking back at the story, first off, why is it called the sin of Adam and not the sin of Eve? And furthermore, we want to talk about free will. Did they have free will before they ate the apple? Because what it shows in the Bible is that Adam was basically a slave to God, being a gardener in the, in the garden. He was just going around tending to the different chores. But let's say we had free will. So God sets up this playground and booby traps it twice. He knows exactly what's going to happen if God knows the end in the beginning. He's all-knowing, all-powerful. He's omniscient. He knows everything. So God knows if he puts the serpent there and the tree there that the serpent is going to tempt Eve to eat the fruit. So it sounds like he had a plan the whole time. But he's still going to blame us. So if you put your kid on a playground and your kid goes to go down the slide, but the slide wasn't put together properly 
and it falls and breaks, are you going to be mad at your kid or the person who designed the playground? In the Bible, it's the kid's fault. But in my mind, it would be the designer and creator's fault. You can tell a child all day long that fire is hot and the stove is hot. But eventually, they're going to want to find out for themselves. It's going to happen. They need to be sure of it. You can't blame them for what they did, even though you've told them dozens of times not to do it. It's going to happen eventually. They're going to test the waters. And to blame everybody for the actions of one innocent person. And Adam and Eve, how long had they been on earth? I mean, most people say the whole garden incident was less than a day or two. I mean, it was like a real short thing. So they have zero life experiences to base any of their decisions on. So we're going to talk about Noah in just a second and then on the next podcast I'm going to give you some fun information about Satan and we're going to talk a bit about Moses so now looking at the flood story with Noah and the ark and the great flood um, this story is another story that the Jews just used as another parable um, because many civilizations had their own flood story They had their hero in a boat surviving a God-created flood, um, wiping out bad humanity. And the end of the story is always the same, where the hero lets out a bird or a bat or something to check for land. So Noah was the town drunk. He was like the village idiot. And God called upon him one day to say, build this giant boat. And he's, God told Noah to warn everybody. God's going to flood the earth because he's mad at everybody. Um, so you either need to get with the program or you're going to be killed. And surprise, surprise, nobody believed the town drunk, the village idiot. Nobody believed him. That's, that, that's something, isn't it? Okay. So Noah was now tasked with loading up the ark with all forms of life. Two of each creatures, right? Or was it seven of every clean and two of every unclean? Because the Bible says both of them. Um, and then what about the saltwater fish, freshwater fish? Because um, once the world gets flooded all the waters are going to mix so then one or the other or both are going to die so how did he save all the different species what about the deep water fish um you know that they can only live in certain pressurized conditions but let's say that he somehow you know this must be a miracle that he got them all on board and none of the townspeople thought that was odd that all of the sudden Elephants and giraffes and lions and tigers and bears. We're all just peacefully walking aboard the ship. But he made it. He made the boat. They, all the animals got on there. Um, and then he was at sea for 40 days. And also 140 days, depending on which chapter of the Bible you read. It says both. 
God flooded the earth because he saw the hearts of the man and saw they were they were all evil. So he flooded the earth because man was evil. So he killed everyone. This includes babies, little tiny infant babies, pregnant mothers, um, and then men, women, whatever else. Um, there's supposed to be Nephilim, which the Bible says are the heroes of old and now. Um, there's also angels that came down. Um, it's heavily debated whether the angels were the Nephilim. Most people say yes, but a deeper look says they're a different species. Um, but it's God's prerogative. He's the creator. If he thinks it's easier to just flood the whole world, kill everybody, instead of just maybe killing the angels or making an appearance and saying, hey, I'm actually the real God. You need to worship me and you need to follow rules that I haven't even told you about yet. But that's fine. You want to you wipe everyone out in a flood? Cool. He did it to get rid of evil. Well, let me ask you a question. Is there still evil today? Then I guess God failed then, right? So the rainbow is a promise that God would never do that again. That's what the Bible says. I see the rainbow as God is a failure. It's a reminder that God is a complete failure. He tried to wipe out evil and he failed. And I'll make a quick side note. Everything that I say is in the Bible is actually there. All you have to do if you're not sure, you don't believe me or whatever, you just Google what I said and then put Bible verse behind it and it will pop up. So now we look at life after the flood, where there's either two of every kind or seven of every kind, and it's only been, I mean, not even 10,000 years since the time of the flood, and we have millions upon millions of different species. Um, science has basically ruled out the possibility of a flood because there's so many species, subspecies, and everything else. It's genetically, scientifically impossible that every species was wiped out. So God killed all the babies in the flood. Many Christians today will default to saying, well, all those babies are in heaven now. Well, the Bible doesn't differentiate when it says to wipe out the evil man. The hearts of men are evil. It doesn't say except for the babies. It says everybody. So God is calling the babies evil and they're not going to heaven. They're going to hell. And heaven and hell is another invented topic that we'll get into later. But by the Christian narrative, they say the babies go to heaven even though they're called evil. So... Let's just take a moment. Let's do a thought exercise. What could we have done if we were God instead of wiping out the earth? We could, like I said, we could make an appearance. We could say, you know, show up in a, a cloud in the sky like he does later on in the Bible and just appear to people and talk to them. We could kill the angels. Or we could kill specifically and only the adults who are evil and then raise the children in the ways of the Lord. Can you think of anything else?
Okay, so we're going to end this podcast episode. Um, We'll pick right back up, like I said, with a little bit about Satan and a little bit more into Moses. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments, you can get a hold of me at joeg at atheist.com.